What's going on, everyone? This is True Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom, uh, struggling with his family, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I don't know if anybody else has gone through stress of buying a house like I have, but if you do, you definitely understand where I'm coming from. So for that, I think you guys should definitely listen to this episode just to make me feel better. So without further ado, please enjoy. All right, so uh, Mr. Moneybags over there talking about, oh, I'm going to buy a house. I don't know if you've, you know what? Stop, <laughs> stop flexing, bro. No, well, no, I'm, I don't know what I'm, you were. You were bragging about, oh, fixing up my house, getting new lawn. Oh, I got this replaced, and you're over here getting a remodeled house, and I'm sitting over here in this old dungeon of a of a duplex over here rotting away. You know what, though, no matter no matter what, you are still going to. You're going to get a house and it's going to be uh, a lot nicer than mine, even though we have been trying to fix it up. But ours is such an old house that no matter what you do. Well, we, my wife better. and I did tell you guys that the, your guys small home and it is small, but you guys are also a, still a tiny family for right now. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really cute. And it's got a lot of character. So we did, we do love it for that. It is cute for, um, for the size of it, but yeah. you know, you want to talk about flexing after you got your new landscaping, you invite me over for beers in your backyard and you're just like, yeah, you know, there's just a lot of work in the, in the mulch and the grass and all that stuff. And typical dad's just, Oh yeah, that's some good lawn right there. Yeah. that's good. That's- <laughs> yeah, oh man. I wish I had a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough of that. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We always appreciate you guys uh, joining us. Um, but also we would, we really would appreciate you guys, uh, going and following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also on YouTube, uh, go subscribe on YouTube. Um, you know, we've been trying to put out stuff as much as we can. Uh, any posts that we make, um, you know, feel free to comment, uh, like on, like I said, on social media, uh, we always want to hear from you, direct message us, whatever it is. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, whether it be questions, suggestions, uh, topics, whatever it is, we want to hear from you guys. Even if you guys just want to go at us, you want to fight us on, on Twitter or whatever, uh, we're, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> but also go on uh, all the major podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. The major podcasts being uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. So please go check us out on all those and subscribe. Um, also go check out FNX fitness. Uh, they got some great workout gear, great workout supplements. They sell out fast. Um, so if you're going to go and, uh, order anything, please go do it real quick because, uh, they, like I said, they sell out really quickly. Um, but, um, we can actually get you 15% off and Cody will explain to you how you can get 15% off your whole purchase. That's right, guys. Go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. On our homepage, we have a a link at the bottom that is called Partners. When you click on that, it'll actually take you to where you need to go for FNXFit.com to begin your shopping. So as soon as you guys are browsing around, you select your supplements or, you know, your creatine, your protein powder, your workout gear, whatever it might be, even water bottles, sunglasses. We've got all that here. Um, you know, select all that stuff. And when you're ready to check out, you're going to hit, you're going to use drew code 15 in the promotion code to get 15% off your total purchase at, uh, when you're ready to check out. So highly encourage that you guys pick up as much of those deals as possible, considering that summer is almost over, which means they're going to have clear out sales for their fall collection, which is going to be fire. And that is a fact. <laughs> 
And then also guys, while you're on the website too, you're definitely going to want to check out all the links that we have live in case you want to listen to our podcast on iHeart, Google, Apple, or Spotify, like Drew mentioned. And also you can listen to full episodes on our Drew Code Sports Talk website. There's not only are you going to get episodes, but you can listen to Two Bays in a Pod, which are other podcasts that we do together. Um, and while you're on there too, there's also Andrew's brand new uh, One Giant Step blog that he does. And it's strictly about the San Francisco Giants. And I'll let him kind of talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, the the blog is just about... Um... All it is is it's just a uh, outlet for me to uh, talk about everything uh, Giants baseball, um, you know whether that be you know signs, trades, drops, uh, you know maybe just something that's going on in the organization. Uh, you know if I'm very upset about uh, something that Kapler decided to do, uh, you know I'll let you know on there. So it was just kind of an outlet. It's for fun, but it is a, a real easy read. It's about I don't think I've gone over more than like three paragraphs and the paragraphs are easy to read. So, uh, you know, go, go check it out. It's like I said, honestly, it really is an easy read. I'm not a guy who likes to read long things. So I try not to write long things, even though I do get long winded. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will admit that, but that's usually when I'm talking, when I'm writing, I try and do as short as possible so I don't have to I don't have to check everything grammar and all that. So, uh go check it out. It's really it's a fun read and an easy read. Right on. All right. Well, Cody, um first and foremost, uh I really haven't gotten to talk to you a lot this week. Uh obviously, you are very busy. You're trying to buy a house, which again, congratulations. Super proud of you guys. I know you guys have been waiting a long time to to get this. So, uh, you know, awesome that you guys are, are in a position that you might actually be able to. So uh, congratulations on that, guys. But, um, you know, also you have been busy with work. I, on the mm-hmm. other hand, have been, uh, you know, stuck at home still. <laughs> well, you're busy um, with new you're busy with the new baby so let's not yes. let's not act like that's not a huge deal <laughs> but also my daughter just started school so we're dealing with that too so you know um every now and then uh you know we got we got to fight you know both at the same time which is uh is a little tough and yeah. god bless my wife she does uh, a lot of that because she lets me do my uh, stationary bike in the morning for about 45 minutes and then i shower so she's got the kids for about an hour <laughs> <laughs> so I always feel kind of bad, but, uh, you know, she still lets me do it. So, Hey, I'll, I'll take advantage of it. <laughs> She's definitely any- wife of the year for you. So for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I do want to address this first because I do think this is important. We are recording this. Uh, this is a Wednesday night. Uh, what is it? August 26th. 26th. Mm-hmm. And, um, we are about eight thirty PM. And uh, all around the league, uh, whether it be NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, um, I haven't heard of NHL doing this, but uh, WNBA, uh, all these, there's, a, there's uh, at least one or two tennis players uh, who have said that they're basically boycotting, they are not going to play their games, uh, because what has happened with uh, Jacob Blake and I feel like it would be wrong if we didn't address this because we did talk about with George Mason, you know, George Floyd, George, George Floyd. I'm sorry. 
um, we did talk about, um, you know, when when all this happened, uh, when he was uh, killed by uh, an officer with his knee on his neck, we talked about it. And I, you know, I'm not usually a guy who wants to add politics into sports because um, I, I feel like we, we have two avenues now, Cody, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, we have two podcasts that we do. And so, you know, we can kind of pick and choose and we can usually use the other one. But I feel like because we talked about the George Floyd incident um, on here, I feel like it's only right that we talk about what happened with Jacob Blake. Um, It's very, I don't know if you've seen the video, Cody. I imagine you have. Yeah, a couple times. Um, You know, I I have mentioned on this podcast before, I have uh, been working towards becoming a police officer. And as someone who wants to become a police officer uh, for a long time. You know, I used to be able to see the angles that they were at. And, um, you know, what what really makes me upset is I had that same view of uh, when I saw the Jacob Blake. My wife, my wife and I were very disgusted. I, I want to start by saying that. Um, it's not something that I'm saying. I'm sitting here going, oh, well, it was justified. A hundred percent. I do not think it was justified. A hundred percent. So I'm going to be clear about that. Secondly, um, it makes me even more sick that I can see these officers getting away with it. Why? Because the in the video, at least the video that I saw, mm-hmm. it was the it was the aerial video of him run or walking to his car. Mm-hmm. three officers are trailing him he opens up his front seat and it looks like he's trying to climb in uh-huh. okay i don't know exactly what he was trying to do but it did look like he was trying to climb in. that's all i saw and the officer grabs his arm still has his arm he's not able to get in mm-hmm. and the officer proceeds to shoot seven times in this man's back. Yeah. And um, and then I found out that his children were in the car as well. His three kids. Yeah. And I mean, people who don't have kids, I mean, I think you can still appreciate the, the situation of how traumatic that could be. I mean, you were a kid once. Imagine if your dad were shot right in front of you by someone who is supposed to be protecting you day in, day out. Yeah. You, you know, imagine that. Um, and it's heartbreaking because I told, I told my wife, I said, the thing that absolutely kills me is I can see how the officers will say, um uh you know he went in the car we didn't know if he had a weapon in the car um he was run he was going away from us he was resisting um you know i've i've seen reports that the three cops were uh engaged not in, not necessarily in a fight but kind of like a tussle mm-hmm. um before the video was shot um so 
Um, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words because it, it it is so blatantly obvious that the guy shot him seven times. You can hear the sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see the cop shooting. And he has him by the arm. And, you know... Yeah. They didn't have any body cams, so it's not like you can see kind of what they're seeing. Um, and and I told my wife, I I really think that this is one of those few. Like with George Floyd, there's there really was no excuse. Mm-hmm. There really was none. And in this case, you can see how these officers could potentially get away with it, just because of how the laws are. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like I said before, I don't agree with it at all. If I were in the same and I told my wife, too, I said, you know, why didn't they just use their tasers? I mean, mm-hmm. and apparently they said that before they had used their tasers and he still obviously was able to get away. Um, I, I don't know how much of that how much of that is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the, in today's day and age, anyone can report anything. So it's kind of, you know, you got to take with, you got to take what you know, and what you see. But um, I know for me, it, it was, boy, it was rough. And I just want to say this before, uh, you know, before you get into your, um, before what you want to talk about, uh, is. I am so proud that two of my teams, two of our teams, Cody, mm-hmm. uh, the Lakers took initiative and said, we're not going to play. Yeah. And obviously the NBA helped out with that too. They said, we're going to cancel all the games. Mm-hmm. Kudos to the NBA for having the wherewithal of saying, we're not going to play. This is ridiculous. We are not going to play at a time like this because there's been so many players um, since yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, mm-hmm. um, uh, that have been speaking out on this. And NBA realized, listen, basketball is not important. You mm-hmm. know, kudos to them because they understand how much this affects a lot of these players. Um, and then uh, my San Francisco Giants coming together with a rival, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest rival arguably, in my opinion, the biggest rivalry in baseball. I know a lot of people want to talk about the Yankees and Red Sox. There's so much history. But recently, the Dodgers and Giants, to me, have been a much better rivalry game. Mm -hmm. And there has been a lot of fights, especially when we had Madison Bumgarner. And we've had him for a long time. And this is the first year without him. You know, there's always fights in between all of them. So... The fact that they all came together and said, we're not going to play. This is, no, we're, we're not going to do this. There, there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. We're not going to play. Kudos to them. Because right now I'm looking at a Cardinals-Royals game that could have been canceled. There's a few games that, had, that were going to start like maybe 20 minutes before the Giants and Dodgers. And they had plenty of time because there were already teams saying, we're not going to play. Mm-hmm. That they could have said, no, we're not going to play. But I am really proud of, of my Giants coming together with the Dodgers. And kudos to the Dodgers for, um, you know, coming together with their rival, with the Giants, and saying, we're not going to do this. So uh, I just want to say I am very proud to be a Lakers fan and a Giants fan. 
So I'll, um, I'll try to keep my, um, my two cents about this, um, short, just so that way we can carry on with the show just because, you know, again, we're, we're two white guys and we don't know what it's like to be, you know, black or minority being discriminated against, or again, have that fear of our lives. If law enforcement's, uh, is there, and I, and, and truthfully, I feel like I have to say this cause I'm obligated to, but I, completely respect law enforcement officers. They have an, a very tough job. I think that sometimes they're not given all the tools in the tool belt that they need to, to help them because at any given time, there's a person that has some sort of mental illness or there's a, or a, a domestic uh, dispute that involves like children and you know, you send somebody in there that's job is to serve and protect and protect himself, number one. And, you know, that's a 50-50 gamble of what could happen. Whereas, you know, they're not trained to figure out what a mentally ill person needs or they're not trained to be a social worker in that kind of a sense. So they're having to wear multiple hats. And, you know, I will be completely honest, you know, it's their job is 100% dangerous. They risk their lives for our safety in our communities, you know, regardless of race or creed or, or persons or, or whatever. So I just want to say that for one. And that doesn't mean that what I'm going to say, I'm against the officers. What I'm going to say is there are, there are police. Um, I'm going to say precincts in certain cities, in certain States that don't practice the same, unbiased let's say as others so we're gonna not say that every police officer is a bad apple but there are maybe quite a few in certain cities in certain states that this still happens um you know george floyd was one where clearly you know the guy that murdered him essentially was a racist and had several um cases against him and complaints against him about being brutally uh, about being uh, abusive or or mishandling of of you know of whoever and so that was apparent and it just kind of drew to the conclusion of what happened now with Jacob Blake what makes it even tougher is as far as we know he was unarmed I at least I haven't read anything that said he was armed or had any weapon on him and again some of the reports I'm reading do kind of conflict and they'll probably always will conflict till the end of time there'll always be one article that comes out that goes against what whatever the facts are to kind of plead whatever case so you know take this with a grain of salt or you know or whatever but from what i understood is um blake basically pulled over to either break up a fight and the police responded to this fight and for some reason blake was leaving they were questioning him as if he was involved or a suspect in it and he was walking away and the cops, again, when the, when Blake got to his door back against them, the officer opened fired seven times on his back. Um, I imagine some police officers have combat training to where they can um, subdue uh, a suspect without having to use lethal force. I imagine it's happened before. I think I've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, you know, someone even said, if you don't, if you felt compelled to open fire, why couldn't you do a leg? or his, or his backside, not his actual back to where now post-surgery from what his family says is he's paralyzed from the waist down now. And his kids now have to live with that trauma of, of witnessing that regardless of if he 
did do something wrong or not, do you think that your kids should watch you be potentially killed right in front of them? I mean, I'm not the greatest guy in the world, but all my transgressions combined, I don't think deserves to be shot in front of my kids and have them go through that. Um, Mm -hmm. Or anybody for that matter. I don't care if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, Indian, Middle Eastern. I don't care. I don't think anyone should ever, any of your family members or kids should see that. Um, with that being said, though, I mean, there's a lot of, I, I really wanted to find the right words for this because I'm I'm hurt for, for the Blake family. I'm upset for them because I just don't understand why that had to happen again i i've probably only gotten whoever else knows um but what makes it tough is you know i i manage a hotel i've mentioned this maybe a few times but i do manage a hotels and i do have a couple of black employees and you know i get the opportunity to kind of talk with them about what their experiences are um most days and i get to know them and and i get to hear about stories of like you know a significant other or kids and you know nowadays especially when it happened recently i hear fear i hear that it's not surprising but they're fearful because it's it's happening and one of them who's an uh, who's an older um black woman that um i work with her kids are basically one of them is is a little bit older than um I, I can't remember what his age was, but I don't think he was much older or as old as Jacob Blake. And it's not the first time that he's been pulled over where, you know, he ended up calling her and she cried because she was afraid she was going to lose her son. And it was something as minor as like a traffic stop. And that fear of something that minor put her in a state of panic and him. And she was basically wasn't sure if she'd ever see her son again. And hearing those kind of stories or another colleague of mine who's, who's significantly younger, who's, who's a, a football player at the local city college here, and he's been stopped and questioned and racially profiled, which I find amazing because you couldn't – I mean, he stands out like a store thumb. So to say that, like, he's up to no good I think is just is insane. But I think mm-hmm. that's just the kind of climate that we're in in America, unfortunately. I think there's this – un unchecked bias and we need to all find a way to end it you know like on twitter there are sometimes we see people now calling out racism which i find i applaud because you know it's tough to stand up to stuff like that that's been going on forever and we need to let people know that it's not okay anymore so that way we can actually make change but in terms of sports i'm actually really proud of nba WNBA, mls um the tennis players that boycotted even Kenny Smith on um, NBA on uh, on TNT boycotted Um, a couple of uh, NFL teams uh, boycotted their practices. Um, A couple other major sports ones. I unfortunately wish, I wish in a sense, I wish if there was any baseball games that were going on at the time of news about boycotts happening, I wish they would have boycotted the rest of the game. I think have they been not saying that this is wrong, that they didn't do this. I, you know, it, they, clearly made a decision and that's in their right just like it's the other league's rights to make a decision to not play so you know to each his own but I think what would have made a pretty good impact in terms of sports is if baseball if these games were already going when news broke of these boycotts they would have all like kind of all just boycotted the game and walked off with whatever the score is being incomplete and and that being that I think that would have been great not saying that again that they did anything wrong but 
you know, there's a lot of questions now about the NBA bubble. Is it going to continue? Um, you know, we did get reports that um, Lakers and Clippers are, we're one of the, we're the two teams leading the argument in that we should, ju- that they should just end the season. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm not mistaken, it's been reported on Twitter, I believe through Chris Haynes and uh, Ro- uh, Woj that uh, there's going to be an emergency board of governors meeting in the NBA about the decision that's going to happen in the future. Cause players want owners to, to do something to help. And uh, I know that there's some owners that came out and what their plans are. And I think there needs to be some sort of immediate action or something going on. Cause we can't, we can't keep living in a, we can't keep living in a time where we're witnessing people being killed in broad daylight and not being brought to justice. So I think, I think we need to stop, making excuses and just get to the bottom line of like, was that right? No. Is it, it, it doesn't need to be held accountable. Yes. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of in between circumstances, but bottom line is a human being shot another human being in in the back and the human being that pulled the trigger is trained to subdue and the other one is not. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than that. I'm, I think like you, Drew, I'm at a loss of words. I think I have a lot of emotions and feelings about it. And again, I can only imagine what the, what, uh, you know, black people are feeling or, you know, groups and minorities that are feeling, cause you know, this is not the first time it's happened. And, you know, I don't know. I, I wish I had something better to say to segue or to make this all feel better, but I don't, I, I, my heart's just, you know, my heart's breaking for the Blake family and what we're going through as a country. So. On that note, we will uh, take a break and we will come back and talk about uh, the uh, the sports world. All right, guys. So um, after uh, all that, <laughs> you know, uh, I know it, it's something that we feel like we need to talk about because it is uh, going on, especially recently. And, uh, you know, we we want to let people know, you know, we are definitely for the movement of Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know, we, we felt like we needed to touch up on that. So just wanted to let you all know that. All right, Cody. So assuming we are going to continue to have playoff games, um, the uh, Lakers dominated the Blazers in game four. I mean, it was an absolute domination. And honestly, the final score actually didn't even show how dominant it was. It looked like... The last two games, the Blazers looked like they were just completely done. They just looked like they were so tired. They looked like they wanted to go home already, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and let, let's put it in perspective. The Blazers basically played every single game in the bubble. They had to win all those games to have a chance to get into the playoff, and they did. Mm-hmm. And they even came into the playoff the first game, and they they beat the Lakers not by much, but they mm-hmm. did the Lakers. Uh, game two was a demolish. Well, I wouldn't say demolish, but the Lakers looked a lot better in game two. Game three, uh, the Lakers honestly were not playing their best, and they still beat them because the Blazers they just looked done. They just looked like they couldn't get it. Um, and then in game four, obviously we just talked about it. They were so dominant. So you know, with all this. I mean, the series, Lakers are up, what, 3-1? Yep. Um, you know, is this series over in your eyes? Yeah, you know what? I mean, 
I don't think that there's much that the Blazers can do. I'm just going to read a couple of team stats to kind of prove the point that I think the Lakers, when there, if or when there is a game five to be played, the Lakers will close out this series, I think, to make sure that they get some rest before they have to play the following um, the following series, which I believe that, and I, again, I'm, I'm probably completely wrong. I'm not sure. I believe that they would play the winners of um, the Rockets and the Thunder winners, if I'm not mistaken. I'm probably wrong, but I, want, I think that's who they play um, the winners of, which would be a tough matchup for either one. I think the Rockets give us the most problem. But anyways, let's not look too far in the future. I'm just <laughs> going to point out a couple of stats right here. The Lakers' biggest lead of the whole game was 38 points. Yep. Um, they did outscore in fast break 25 to 11. So they wow. completely annihilated uh, the Blazers in that. As soon as the ball was given back to the Lakers, whether it be a turnover or a rebound, they pushed it and they got 25 points off of that. Um, also too, there was a huge block party with the Lakers. They had nine blocks as a team where the Blazers (laughs) only had two. Um, and we had 29 assists. I think at one point in the game, the Lakers had, I think like nearly 20 assists somewhere in the second quarter, I want to say before halftime. And the Blazers, I think only had like four assists as a team. So that just shows you right there that, you know, when the Lakers defense was on them in the first and second quarter, which basically is where this lead ballooned to essentially, they were blocking, they were stealing the ball, they were wreaking havoc. Um, Damian Lillard, I believe in this game, only had 11 points. Mm -hmm. Um, CJ McCollum was, I think, the only one that, uh, he scored 18 points, CJ McCollum did. Um, Anthony scored 16 points. Whiteside was basically a non-factor. He only had three rebounds. He had four fouls, and he, and he had 11 points on 17 minutes. So he wasn't very effective. I want to say a majority of those stats are on garbage time. And, but I think the main component, though, is between Nurkic, Lillard, and uh, McCollum, and Anthony, they couldn't match up with LeBron, AD. Um, Dan, uh, Danny Green finally showed up going three for four from three-point land. Uh, Caldwell Poe went two for four from three-point land. He's really been a shining star. I really think that his defense on um, on Lillard has really made a huge difference. Um, and also, too, the Lakers are just making it a point to drive them off the three-point line. Like, they're okay giving up some mid-range if they're going to knock it down, but they're really making a point to get C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard off of the three-point line. And it just seems like the Blazers, for some reason, have been confused as they're trying to incorporate Whiteside and Nurkic because Whiteside isn't really versatile in terms of off the dribble and going to going on the outside. And Nurkic is still getting his legs back from that knee injury or from that foot injury. And he's still trying to spread the floor a little bit, but you have two guys that really don't space out and it clogs up the middle and it kind of makes it hard to get some ball movement. But for the most part though, like Kuzma shot five for nine from three, which the three ball was falling for us. We shot 44% basically on this game and LeBron James just dominating in the scoring, which is kind of like what you and I talked about is, dominate in the scoring and then get people involved because not only did he have 30 points, but he also had 10 assists um, along with six rebounds, basically almost a triple double. And he shot four for five from three and he did 10 for 12 overall. And it just shows that when he went into the shot and the defense had to honor him and he got everybody else open, it opened up this game tremendously. So, you know, that was one of the things I think you and I talked about about game one is when he tried to get so many people involved, it's great, but really his scoring presence is what really collapses the defense that creates those passes. And AD with his ball handling that can stretch the floor, hitting the threes and hitting the mid-range, which helps out a lot. But 
you know, it, it just goes to show that LeBron James is a huge influence, whether he's got the ball in his hands, playing off ball, going to the rim and even shooting the three ball at that time, it was on, it was, it was dropping for him. So I think the Lakers are going to close out the Blazers if there's a game five to be played. Um, but I think the Blazers may come out and push a game six, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's likely, but I think the Lakers for the most part have just stamped their dominance on the, on the Blazers right now. And not only that, but Damian Lillard was, would have been out for game five because of a knee sprain. So that would have been already put the Blazers against uh, their backs against the wall even more. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, I've been very impressed with Anthony Davis the last two games. Uh, Anthony Davis is actually leading all the scorers in this series. Uh, with 26.5 points per game. So he's been a dominant force. And even um, in the last game, in game four, he was just hitting all his shots. And he was confusing the defense. He was faking the three. And so they would commit. And so he would drive past them. And then they would stay back because they were worried about the drive. So then he'd hit it the three. So then they'd kind of scoot up a little bit. And he would come a little forward so that he would think, uh, so they would think, oh, he's coming in. And he would stop right at the mid range and just drain it. I mean, he was just, he was being so smart. And you said they had, they have uh, uh, nine total blocks in, in game four. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of them were on <laughs> like the same exact play. Yeah. It was great. I mean, Danny Green blocked. Uh, then they, the Blazers get it back, go up for the shot. Davis blocks it. And then they, Lillard gets it and uh, Danny Green swats it away again so it was uh that was a cool play I was just like yeah yes. yeah you know, exactly. um but uh yeah the the Lakers look so good and this is the Lakers that we were looking at this is the team that we saw in, uh, earlier in the regular season before the whole pandemic hit was we saw this team play at what they could be. When when they played the Clippers, you could see that their defense really stepped up. Now, the Clippers have, you know, those those two dominant players. If if Paul George plays like he did uh in, in yesterday's game, uh, you know, I still think that the Lakers can match up pretty well, even though Paul George is hitting his shots, even though Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. We have LeBron James, who's still looking spry. I mean, he's leading the he's leading the Lakers in rebounds in this series. He's leading the Lakers in assists. He's doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have uh, the most turnovers, which is five per game, but he's the one who's handling the ball the most. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not really going to trip out about that. So, um, you know the Lakers are in a good spot. They finally hit their stride. And one thing that I did notice a lot was KCB, KCP, Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope, he has been the third guy the last three games. He has been the guy that they get to that has been hitting his threes a lot more consistently. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you would rather be rather it be Kyle Kuzma. I'm not saying Kyle Kuzma hasn't been hitting his shots, but the last three games I've noticed that KCP, when he was hitting – he was really getting that team going uh, as that third option. So, um, you know, just talking about KCP, is he going to is he going to continue to be the third guy in your opinion, or do you think that this is just uh, just this series? He's the third guy. 
I think just the series right now because I think that the Blazers don't have enough personnel for defense to let's say that they have LeBron, AD, Kuzma, uh, KCP, um, and who's another one? We'll just say uh, we'll well let's see. So Kuzma, LeBron, AD, KCP, and who's a fifth one? We can probably say is let's say. Um, are you looking for a shooter or are you looking just whoever? Just whoever, I think. I mean, uh, McGee, he stepped up. Uh, yeah, McGee. You know, oh, oh, we'll say Danny Green. Good. We'll just throw Danny Green mm-hmm. in there. That's almost their typical starting lineup minus um, Cruz, uh, Kuzma. So when you have Kuzma, who you know can shoot, AD, LeBron, and basically you have Nurkic. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, by the way, has been playing some phenomenal defense on LeBron. Let's not let that go unnoticed. I love seeing their little offensive-defensive matchups. I think it's such great television, especially with it being in the bubble and kind of on this big stage. I think it's awesome. But anyways, let's just say you got Nurkic that's matching up with AD. You got uh, Carmelo Anthony that's matching up with LeBron. You have Lillard that's chasing uh, Kuzma or Danny Green. And then you have KCP. Well, who's guarding KCP? Well, it's pretty much like their fourth person who's not even a defensive player. The Blazers aren't necessarily a defensive team without Whiteside. So even if, you know, you get this small lineup, so to speak, and AD plays your five, but he stretches, and let's say you have Whiteside or Nurkic on the floor, you, you're not going to tell me that Whiteside can cover either Kuzma or KCP. So let's just say you get your good defenders on your, the top four shooters of the Lakers, and you still have KCP who can basically run off the ball and he plays phenomenal defense that creates this offense. And I think a majority of some of the buckets that KCP did get were off a fast break because of his defensive presence and being just a, you know, somebody that's pressing the ball full court, making, uh, making that shot clock kind of wind down to where it's at 10, essentially once, you know, they finally, the Blazers get in their offensive set. So I don't, I just think in this series right now with what KCP defense does for um for the lakers being able to be versatile to guard mccollum or uh, lillard off of the three-point line i think is opening up his offense i do think that we will see a lot more of kuzma let's say in like the houston series because again they're a shorter team that plays small and i think kuzma's height and his ability to shoot if he can make sure that you know in game five he really comes into a shooting in game one of whatever series that we go into he keeps shooting i think he'll kuzma will fit right into that number three role but it is a good surprise to have KCP that is when called upon he's knocking down shots because one of the things that the Lakers need is if you have shooters one shooter's not getting it done you need to make sure you have another one that's right there to back them up and one of the things I really like is that we have J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters and let's say we want to throw them in for some minutes to kind of create some offense they both have a shot and ability to create their offense off the ball or on the ball if KCP can't do it if uh, Kuzma can't do it if Caruso can't do it so I like that there's playmakers, but I'm really enjoying this series with KCP just because of his defensive uh, utility and his and when called upon, he's knocking down shots right now. You, you mentioned J.R. Smith. Um, I, I've always been a bit a big advocate for him uh, because I think he plays well with LeBron. He knows LeBron, uh, but also he's a good defender. He's a good per, uh, uh, perimeter uh, defender. And uh, he's also a really good uh, three-shooter. He's developed a, a really good three-shot. So I always wanted to see him in the lineup. And honestly, uh, with this past, um, uh, this past game, the game four, he really, I think he got into his groove or really got his um, courage up because 
he was knocking down some of the threes that he had. Yeah, granted, yes, I understand. It was garbage time, yada, yada, yada. But it was encouraging to see him because no matter who you are, that's going to help. When you see the ball go through the net, that is going to help your confidence grow. And that is something that we need because, you know, we can't always constantly have KCP and then Danny Green constantly switching you know, in the rotation, those guys, you know, Danny Green is a little bit older. KCP is good, but, uh, you know, he can't play as many minutes as you probably want him to. So to throw a J.R. Smith in that mix, I think will really definitely help because then you can rotate all three of those guys and whoever has the hot hand that that game, you can keep in. Uh, when it comes to, when you need a big t- a need a big time play so um you know i was really encouraged to see uh, jr smith and uh to start hitting some of his shots um also kyle kuzma honestly i've actually been pretty uh i don't want to say impressed because it's something that i figure he's supposed to be doing anyway um but kuzma has been hitting some good shots some big shots uh, whether it be, you know, first, second, third, or even fourth quarter. He's any shot that they need that is that needs to have kind of a big and that means something, mm-hmm. he has been hitting it. So I've been really, really uh I don't want to say proud because it's not like, you know, I taught him or something, but right. <laughs> uh, it, it does make me as a fan feel good about keeping him in that rotation because you know in the beginning of the year it was kind of like should we keep kuzma in the freaking lineup or in the rotation should we just try and trade him right Uh, but i think he's coming up big this is his and this is what a lot of people forget this is kuzma's first playoff stint this Mm -hmm. is the first time he's ever sniffed the playoffs he's never had this chance yeah so now he has this chance and you're seeing what he can do. I'm I'm quite impressed. And honestly, he's been playing some good defense. There's been times where he has to play Nurkic. Mm-hmm. He's had to guard uh, Whiteside. Um, you know, he's had to guard um, uh, uh, Mello, and he did a really good job. I saw him guard Lillard, and I thought he did a really good job. McCollum, mm-hmm. he guard he guarded every single uh, position, and I thought he was. I don't want to say impressive, but he stood his ground all right it wasn't like he was dominating them but you know you didn't look at him being on white side and going oh geez this is gonna kill because Mm -hmm. there were times where white side he just instead of trying to overpower kuzma he just tried to put it up real quick Mm -hmm. and if you look back you could kind of see that white side wasn't just completely dominating kuzma Mm -hmm. he was you know kuzma was holding his ground so Mm -hmm. uh, white side had to figure out different ways that he could score so uh, Kuzma has been, I've honestly been really impressed. The game three performance from Anthony Davis, though, to me was huge yeah. because in game three, uh, and I'm trying to pull that up right now. Game three was, was the tightest game in my opinion. Uh, that was, uh, the Lakers won it eventually, but Anthony Davis was huge in the fourth quarter. He was absolute crap one through three quarters. <laughs> he really was not good. And in the fourth quarter, he came up big. He started hitting his shots. And the thing that I noticed the most, though, was him ripping the rebounds. He yeah. wasn't just going after these rebounds and just trying to be there. 
He was going after him and going through guys if he had to. Uh, he was finding the areas that, hey, how can I get the rebound and not get a foul just you know, bumping into these guys? Mm-hmm. And he was doing it all. It was fantastic. He came up huge. Yes, LeBron James had the 38 points. Yes, he had the most uh, rebounds on the team with 12. But Anthony Davis, when his shot wasn't there, he ended up going, okay, I'm going to pass the ball. He had eight assists that game. Mm-hmm. And then later on, LeBron said, all right, big fella, time to start making your shots. He started making his shots, and he and that was the difference, in my opinion, in game three. So yeah. um, Anthony Davis, the whole thing has been he can't do it in the fourth quarter. He's fantastic quarters one through three, can't do it in the fourth quarter. Well, he just proved to you that he can do it in the fourth quarter, and when he is doing it in the fourth quarter, it's real dangerous, and it's real scary, and this is why – I said that I think the Lakers are still the favorite coming out of the West because Anthony Davis is a freaking problem. Yeah, I definitely think that the Lakers in the la- in game basically three and four have basically gotten in a better rhythm in terms of shooting, getting their sets right, AD and LeBron feeding off of each other to where they're now, they look like the clear favorites. And I will even say they look like the clear favorites over the Bucks, who's basically our biggest challenge if they come out of the East and if the Lakers come out of the West. I think that that combination is too much to, to overpower just because AD is such an elite center, power forward, whatever you want to call him. He's got handles. He can pull up for three. He can have a mid-range game. He rips the rebounds. He you know, gets assists. He blocks, steals. He does essentially everything, and he's nearly seven feet tall. Um, you know, so it's really hard to contain him. One of the things though, I do want to stress for the Lakers that could be an Achilles heel for us is our free throw shooting. God, are we terrible at free throws? I know that we shot one less free throw, just the most recent game four, but we only made 20 of them. So we only did, I think it's the status 66%. And then the game before that, which is basically game three, the one that we, that was the closest one amongst the series that you're alluding to. Um, 80 by himself went to the free throw line 14 times, only made seven of his free throws as a team. We went to the line 43 times in game three and only hit 28. That's 65%. The blazers are in the neighborhood of about 75 on some games to 95 on other games. And for the Lakers, when it comes to closer matchups, we definitely need to hit our free throws. And I know that 80 probably is our best free throw shooter, which is kind of saying a lot. But us Lakers need to get better at hitting our free throws. We cannot let that be our Achilles heel. We can't lose games by as little as, you know, a few points that we left on the free throw line. Like, you know, even if you made, you know, another 10 more free throws, that's an additional 10 more points. Then we go 38 to 43, let's say, for game three. And then, you know, we if we make 10 more free throws and we went perfect 30 for 30, which I know is almost nearly impossible, but, you know, free throws are basically the – freest shot that you're going to get other than a you know an open layup and we just need to find a way to capitalize on those opportunities especially in late games if teams are going to foul us and they know that we're not the greatest free throw shooting team it puts a lot more pressure on the Lakers that isn't needed and if we just knock down our free throws we basically close out games no problem so um to wrap this up real quick I you were talking about free throws when Kyle Kuzma is your leading free throw shooter in a series Uh, you're not hitting your free throws. Now, Kyle Kuzma is hitting 87.5% of free throws in this series, which for Kuzma is unheard of because his career free throw percentage is 73.2%. Good for Kuzma. 
Yeah, so Kuzma's leading the team in free throws, which uh, you don't want, honestly. You don't want him because he doesn't get to the line a lot. So, um, you know, Anthony Davis typically is our best free throw shooter, but statistically right now in this series, Kuzma's leading. So uh, that's exactly what you were saying. I, I I definitely agree with that. They they need to get better on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did want to talk about the Giants. We kind of ran out of time. Uh, obviously we wanted, like we said, we wanted to get to the whole Jacob Blake thing. So, uh, you know, sorry, not sorry, but I do want to mention this. Um, I did write this in my blog, so go check it out. But, uh, I want to say congratulations to Brandon Crawford on hitting his, uh, hundredth career home run, uh, this past week. Uh, Evan Longoria hit his 300th career home run this week. Joey Bart got called up and in his first game, his first at bat, he was hit by a pitch, but then later in the game, he got his first hit. It was a double. Uh, it was a screaming devil, too. It was, uh, I think the exit velocity was 109.6 wow. miles per hour, basically 110 miles an hour off the bat. Uh, too bad it was a line drive because if he got a little bit of launch angle to it, that thing would have been out of the stadium. I mean, yeah. that thing was hit hard. Um, you know, congratulations to Tyler Anderson on his first career uh, complete game, and I'm glad it happened as a Giant. He was a former Rocky, so him coming over in San Francisco and getting his first career complete game, uh, that's a huge feat. Congratulations to him. And then uh, I do want to say, Hunter Pence, you will be missed as a Giant. He was designated for assignment, uh, which basically means he's he's cut. Um I mean, not necessarily, but, um, you know, he, he, he won't be a giant at all the rest of the year. Um, and he's a huge fan favorite. He will definitely be missed. He was having a pretty bad year, but, uh, giants fans remember him helping us out with our world series, uh, in this past decade. So, uh, Hunter Pence, I'm so sad to see you go, but, um, you know, we know that you're going to be great and Hey, hopefully he'll be able to, uh, to coach uh, somehow, some way, because everybody loves Hunter Pence, mm-hmm. every teammate of him. And I think he would be a good coach. Hopefully he likes to do that. Maybe he wants to uh, be with his wife a little bit, which I understand, but hopefully he does come back and coach. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Cody, any final thoughts for you uh, on this episode or anything that you wanted to touch on? No, I mean, I'm kind of saddened that we ran out of time with the Giants. I'm looking at their stats right now, and they're killing it, man. They're doing great. The last seven days, they're nearly hitting 300 as a team, and yep, they're averaging about 257 right now as a team for um, for an average as well. So I know that went up the last time you and I talked, and <laughs> these young hitters are getting it done, man. It's just hopefully yeah. we can just get this bullpen, you know, working and get the get the starting pitchers uh keep the leads and you know don't blow any saves so you know if we can keep up this momentum and take the nl i mean anything can happen on a shortened season considering we've uh i think we lead the the dodgers in overall games against each other right i think we have the season lead right now are you talking about uh record against each other no, I mean games. Yeah, games against each other. Like, don't we lead them in games? No, I believe the Dodgers have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think by let's see, I'm gonna look this up right now. This is this is great podcasting, by the way. So this first the series they split, then the yeah, then the Dodgers won three out of four the last time. Oh, okay, I think we're probably short a couple so of games. We have to win one more to tie, and then one more to. 
So we basically have to sweep the Dodgers because we're only going to be playing them three, uh, these next two games, and that's it. So there's a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, that's the 27th. So we'll see. But uh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, still, yeah. bats, are, bats are alive, and uh, Giants' uh, bullpen hasn't gave up any, <laughs> any blown saves, knock on wood. Yeah. So yeah. Anything's you possible. said it, Cody. I can't believe you said it. Um, yeah, seven-game winning streak is good. I, I figure they're going to lose one of these games to the Dodgers, which is not a shame at all. The Dodgers have the best record, I, I believe, in baseball. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, to to win these games like we are, and actually right now, technically, we would have a playoff spot in the Major League Baseball uh, playoffs right now. So that's huge. <laughs> I was the I person who was saying – I wasn't going to, I didn't see them winning more than 20. Mm-hmm. And then er, later on, I said, I would be surprised they went 15. And they're at, I was about to say that wins right now. <laughs> yeah, they're at 15. So <laughs> you so, had an opportunity to retract, but your manager order stuck to it. No, so. I'll, I'll stick to it. You know what? I, and I will say I'm wrong when I, when, uh, uh, when they win, you know, their 21st game. So I think, uh, you, but until then, yeah. I think you're okay losing this one though, for sure. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know this went a little bit longer, but we did want to get into the giant stuff a little bit. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, well, it's always my bad. Every time we always go over, it's my fault. So. Um, but uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, please stay safe. Um, you know, for us, uh, we definitely are um, definitely supporting the uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, we'll probably try and tweet out as much as we can on things. Um, you know, I know I've been trying to keep up with that on Twitter. Um, you know, hopefully we still get play NBA playoff game. But to be honest, I am OK if they don't, because I completely understand uh, with this whole stance and, and we need to change something. Uh, so, um, you know. It sounds like baseball is going to continue. So if that is the case, this will probably be a a strictly baseball podcast for a little bit. Um, But uh, we'll see. But, you know, hey, stay safe out there, everyone. uh, You know, thank any of the essential workers, whether they work at McDonald's or in a hospital. They're all doing something to help us out while we're at home. Uh, So please thank those people. Do what you can, you know, help out. Uh, you know, as Cody always says, wash your hands, wash your face, wash your ass. Oh, he doesn't say that. But you should um, but, still wash uh, your ass. But you still should, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, everything that's going on in the world, you know, please please be respectful to people. Um, you know, it, it's so ugly to see some of these people on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, like the stuff that they say. Just, just be respectful, you know. You wouldn't want people to go at you 24-7. You wouldn't like it. And just because these people make millions of dollars does not mean, oh, well, I can I can say whatever I want. No, you really can't because they, they're still human beings and they still have feelings. And especially with what's going on right now, I think, I think it's a time for change. And, you know, that all starts with everyone's attitude. So, uh, you know, for me, just change your attitude and, and lead by example. That's all I say. Well said, man. Let's close it on that. I don't have anything else to say. All right. We'll see you next week.